Welcome to the Soccer Life Goals Podcast with your host, Noah Niemeyer. A soccer interview podcast with fresh content, bringing you exclusive interviews with soccer players and growing the soccer fan base around the world. Whether you call it football or soccer, be inspired and encouraged, both on and off the pitch. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Soccer Life Goals Podcast. Today, to help me out with this episode, I got my dad, and today we'll be talking about just the World Cup and, like, the World Cup Finals. So we'll have a finals recap, then disappointments, upsets, trending young players, and then a 2026 World Cup preview. So, All right, Noah, this is going to be fun, man. We spent the last month (laughs) in front of the... TV and screens, watching all these games. It was such an exciting time, and uh, boy, we've been we've been talking World Cup, and it's every soccer fan's mind. Just what an amazing, amazing World Cup this was, from the finals all the way till the opening whistle. So I'm excited to dive into this with you and hear what you have to say. Why don't you tell us and kind of start from the end? I mean, talk about that finals. Well, that was probably, like, the best World Cup Finals of all time. I mean, uh, Argentina, they got on the front foot for much of the part, much of the game. So I'll just, like, start out. So Messi, that PK early, that gave them a cushion. That was really, that was really crucial. And then we had Di Maria goal. That was such, that was such a good goal, just passing around. Um, that we all kind of thought, okay, Argentina's won it, that there's... There's no stopping them now. But then Mbappe and France, they thought otherwise. Mbappe with a goal in the 80th minute on a PK to the left side, which I'll tell you about that, why that's important later. And then Mbappe, 90 seconds later with another goal. That was amazing, and that brought us into extra time. And Messi, that well, that was just wise, well, I got to say. That, that was just such, it was so crazy, that extra time. And Messi scores. 108th minute and then we all thought okay now surely it's over surely it is but no Mbappe thought otherwise again with a PK in the 118th minute to the left side again then Emiliano Martinez so Messi was the MVP of this game but we got to give some credit to Emiliano Martinez with that 120th minute plus three minutes of stoppage time save one-on-one with the keeper Colum and I I mean, what a save by Emiliano Martinez that saved their World Cup. And then we headed on to PKs. Mbappe with the first penalty for France. Starting off strong, he scores. That's just what they need because most of the teams that um, don't score first, they usually are pretty, that, that gives them a bad mindset and they're down. But then Messi's next. And Messi, you can't stop Messi. It's Messi. The goat. The goat, yes. Oh, and not to mention that this was kind of like a kid versus goat. Um, like Kind of like the, um, the Super Bowl. Remember that? The uh, Patrick Mahomes versus uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And and then Kingsley Coman steps up. He His gets saved. Bottom left corner. I mean, Emiliano Martinez has got to be probably one of the best goalkeepers of that entire tournament. And then Paulo Dybala, he did not play much of this World Cup, but they subbed him on to take a penalty, and he blasted it in. And then Arlene Chouameni, 
he got probably pretty nervous. God, he didn't even get it on goal, but Emiliano Martinez probably would have saved it anyway if it had gone on goal. And then Paredes with the goal, and then Colum and I just had to blast it at that point right into the middle. He scored. But then Gonzalo Montiel with all the pressure on his shoulders. Such a young player, but he delivered for Argentina, and they were the champions. And the world went crazy. I mean, that was that was such a, a, a great recap, by the way, but such an amazing game. What a roller coaster of the swings, right? I mean, like you said, we all kind of thought, all right, Argentina's up two goals here. This is in the bag, right? But don't count the kid out. I mean, hey, the GOAT was performing, but Mbappe... He really delivered in the second half. And, I mean, you you have pundits all around the world that are calling this one of the best games ever, certainly one of the best World Cup finals in history. What an amazing privilege to to watch that. And then you got to watch that with some buddies. And, ah, one of those you'll probably never forget, right? You'll never forget. Yeah, that was just, I mean, I don't have words for it. That was such a good finals. Oh, and also... I mean, it's like a year of good finals, like the MLS Cup finals. That was amazing. It was kind of similar yeah. to this World Cup finals, which was awesome. And we got to mention true. Mbappe's hat trick. Although they did lose, he did get the golden boot uh, because of his hat trick. Uh, Messi was winning um, the golden boot just before that, but Mbappe got a hat trick. He scored all the goals for France, and that's got to be a mention we have to. Remind me, Mbappe's age. I mean, Messi's 35. Mbappe's like. 22 23 so he's got if he's gonna follow Messi's footsteps he's got at least two three more world cups ahead of him i mean he's got some ability to really create some some records as well so fun fun matchup fun to watch them play together oh and remember we have we have to have a flashback here um remember that episode when we said that argentina is overrated how (laughs) did that turn out (laughs) that's right you and your soccer buddies y'all Kind of did some handicapping of the field, and uh, you all said <laughs> Argentina was overrated, and, and a few of you did. Who said that France was going to win it all? Uh, I don't think any of us. We, we're all going for Brazil, which we'll um, Brazil, talk about right. now. So, well, there you go. There's yeah. a good transition because prior to this finals, it was quite a journey for many teams, and you had definitely some disappointments, some upsets, some surprises. So. Sure about that. Yeah, so definitely Brazil. I'd really have liked them to get like a lot farther because I mean it's Brazil. They're the favorites. Um, I think the that's a lot of pressure on a pretty young team. They have besides Neymar, they're pretty young, but Neymar is still like what twenty seven, twenty nine, something like that. Croatia, they're a good team, and don't get me wrong, they're a good team. Um, they fought hard. They forced it to a PK shootout, which they dominated in because. We'll talk about Dominic Livakovic in a second. I really just would have liked to see Brazil got um, got father. Yeah, they were uh, they were a solid team to watch. So fun, and we'll probably talk more about them here in a minute with some of the players. But oh, by the way, speaking of Brazil, how many South Americans does it take to change a light bulb? How many? A Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brazil didn't fix any light bulbs. They did not get that far. Um, so next disappointment, Belgium. They were one of my favorites. They're supposed to get into the finals against Brazil in my um, bracket. But Belgium, I mean, getting knocked out in the group stages and, I mean, losing to Morocco, which, I mean, Morocco's, that's awesome. I mean, Morocco did so good. Fourth place, but that, I mean, that's, that's amazing. 
but Belgium. I mean, they have such, they have like so much talent. They're getting older. So there's definitely like the golden age of Belgium is definitely like coming to an end. And they all knew that. But I'm surprised that Kevin De Bruyne in an um, interview, he said that he didn't think that Belgium was going to win because they're too old. How much did that probably affect them? That goes to show you that, uh, you know, the mental and emotional state uh, is is key, right? And if, if one of your your leaders, one of your captains is, is saying that in the press, uh, I don't I don't know how that affects the, uh, the young guys there. So, yeah, that was certainly a disappointment. Um, talk about France. I mean, France, obviously they made it far, but they had some disappointments along the way. Yeah, France. I mean, so they obviously won the last World Cup without Karim Benzema. But what do you think they could have done with Benzema? In the finals, they, I mean, they kind of had to um, rely on Mbappe. But if they had Mbappe and Benzema, I mean, that would have been pretty good. But, oh, and also, I'm not, it's not really a disappointment, but I wanted to see a rematch of the 2018 finals. I mean, that would have been kind of cool just to see, like, um, how how they could get some, like, revenge. Ooh, revenge, yes. Well, certainly some disappointments uh, there, but, um, I mean, the fans, the fans were epic. I mean, just watching all these games and to see the coverage, see just the excitement, the packed stadiums, really into this World Cup. Can I slide in another soccer dad joke here? Okay. Why is it always warmer after a soccer game? Why? All the fans have left. <laughs> all right, goodness. Uh... So next, we have upsets. Okay, we got to have another flashback. Remember when Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia? That was, I mean, that's probably going to be worth more to Saudi Arabia now because they beat the champions. I mean, that's that's awesome. And that I could be that could be a, a national holiday forever. I mean, they remember yeah. that they created a national holiday the day after they, yeah. they beat Argentina. Was that actually serious, or was that just like a joke? That was serious. That was serious, man. The whole like country was celebrating for it <laughs> the next yeah. day. That's that's crazy. That's funny. yeah. More upsets. I mean, Morocco. Morocco did so well. I mean, that tournament that surprised the whole world. I think everybody kind of had a soft spot for Morocco. I mean, they beat Belgium, Portugal, and Spain. I mean, some of the powerhouses. It's just so cool that Morocco did that. Yeah, Morocco was a fun team to watch, and they almost got to represent Africa for the first time in in the cup. So, um, in the finals, so that was a that's a team to watch for sure. I mean, they're exciting. They play really well. Anyone else? Any other upsets to to mention? Japan. I mean, Japan did actually really really well, beating Spain and Germany both three two in the groups. They lost the first uh, in the round of sixteen to Croatia in penalties, but I think they gave. Some of the best teams are run for their money. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. They were uh, they were a fun team to watch. Now let's transition over to uh, you know this was certainly a World Cup. A lot of coverage, a lot of pictures with Messi, with Ronaldo, some of the old guys, right? And and yet there were some really exciting young players to watch. So walk me through. You you, you have some ideas here on on some of these young players that did really well that we'll probably get to see in, in multiple future World Cups. All right. So I did mention Dominic Livakovic. He, if they got into the finals, he surely would have been the MVP probably for this whole World Cup. I mean, he did so well. He faced like, he probably, he saved like almost probably 75% or more of his penalty kicks he faced. 
I mean, that's just so, it was, like, awesome. And then, next one, Cody Gapko. He was winning the Golden Boot at one point. He had three goals. There was a bunch of people, like, tied. I think it was, like, Messi, Mbappe, Cody Gapko, and some other guys. But, like, he, he his price tag's definitely going up. And speaking of price tag, Jasko Vadriel, he's doing really well. He's a defender for Croatia. Um, he's the guy with the mask, if you don't remember his name. You can remember him by his mask thing he had on. Um, but he's a very good player. And then the youngest player, I'm pretty sure, in the world this World Cup, Gavi. He is he he has so much potential. His price tag is already probably pretty high. And then another Spanish player, Ferran Torres, just so good. He's such a good player. And next one, Vinicius Jr. Vinicius Jr., I mean, you didn't probably see much of him because, like, People were aware of his, like, talent, and they were kind of shutting him down, so. Oh, and not to mention Richarlison, the Tottenham Hotspur forward. He has not scored for Tottenham in the Premier League this season, but you got to remember that goal he had, that bicycle kick. Well, it was a scissor kick, more like, but that was uh, probably got to be the goal of the tournament. I'm not sure if that was, but it's definitely top three. Um, and then next one, Rafinha. He just he um, last year I believe signed to Barcelona, and he's doing he's on Brazil also. So he's he's a really good player. I mean, Brazilian players are always like some of the best of the best. That's why I was disappointed that Brazil didn't get that far. But still, they have a pretty young team, but they're pretty good too. Um, next one, Dusan Vlahovic. He's he did really well. He's kind of like, not many people have heard of him, but now more people are definitely going to be hearing of him. He plays for Serbia. Oh, and last player, Enzo Fernandez. He was named the best young player of the FIFA World Cup this year. Uh, Enzo Fernandez, he had many, many great moments in this World Cup. Very good. Yeah, those are uh, those are some young young guns to watch in, in these leagues that we get to, to see and Exciting to have them come back into play in the Premier League and, and Champions League and all that and uh, see how they're going to finish the season. But like you said, certainly Brazil's got a lot of young talent that'll be fun and exciting to watch uh, in the future. So, hey, Noah. What? Why can't you play soccer with pigs? Why? Because they hog the ball. <laughs> My goodness. All right, all right. So, hey, uh, let's let's transition here to the last segment, which is previewing the 2026 World Cup. Kind of sad as soccer fans, we have to wait another four years for this because this has been such an epic month of soccer. I mean, talk about soccer parties and all kinds of stuff, but 2026, huge, a lot of firsts. Let's talk about that. Well, before we begin, um, I think I, I kind of want to start a riot to have it like be every two years because four years is way too long, I think. <laughs> that's, that's very true. So U.S., Mexico, and Canada are all hosting. Talk about that. Well, it's going to be so awesome, especially for the United States. They're, that's definitely going to boost soccer. Um, popularity. So they obviously all three make it. You you might be thinking like that's a lot of that's a lot of countries to be making it automatically without qualifying. There are 48 teams from now on in the World Cups. That gives a lot more teams chances. So that's going to be really cool. That's going to be exciting. So 48 teams. That's a first for the World Cup. Uh, another first is 
three countries playing host at the same time. So talk about that. I know I know. just recently we were in a conversation and some people didn't even realize where these cities are that are being hosted. We don't know the start and end dates yet because they haven't put the schedule together, but that's coming soon. We know it's likely in the traditional months of uh, June and July of 2026. But where are the cities that they're being played? Well, the cities that are located in the U.S. will be Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Miami, Boston, and New York. Awesome. And then Mexico is headquartering and hosting three. One in Monterey, Guadalajara, and Mexico City. The the Canadian venues are going to be Vancouver and Toronto. No matter where you live in North America, you're going to have cities close to you to go and and enjoy. Pretty exciting, right? I mean, U.S. came in as one of the youngest teams, right? Or the youngest team in this World Cup. So hopefully nowhere to go but up there and then they'll continue to be seasoned. Well, I'm really also excited to see new players who have never played in the World Cup. Obviously, a bunch of the young players that are trending that I read, um, they're that was most of their first World Cup. I'm excited to see that new wave of young players. Very cool. Okay. Now, uh, anything else before we wrap up this this holiday edition? This is coming out right before Christmas. Uh, any, any last words here? Well, the last thing I have to say, will Italy make the 2026 World Cup? So comment about your thoughts. So, guys, Merry Christmas, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Soccer Life Goals podcast. Awesome. Merry Christmas. And uh, oh, by the way, Noah, what did the bad soccer announcer get for Christmas? What? Cole! (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Soccer Life Goals podcast. We appreciate your support. Please do us a favor by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Let's grow soccer around the world and go through life with goals. Let's go!